Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. We hope you enjoy this sermon from a recent Sunday worship service. I grew up next door to a Catholic family. For a long time, they were the definition of Christian to me. There were Christians in the neighborhood, but it was a very Jewish neighborhood, and for the longest time, I really didn't know what the meaning of the basis of being a Christian was. I had plenty of Christian friends in high school, and I sang plenty of Christian music in high school choir, because in those days, I think it was just assumed that Christian choir music was just mainstream choir music. And I wasn't a UU then, so I didn't look ahead to see if I agreed with the words or not. That's an old joke. The next step in my understanding of Christianity was found mostly in the presence of Jerry Falwell, Anita Bryant, and Pat Robertson. Yeah. The Christian right of the 70s and 80s seemed angry and bigoted and mean. And I didn't really understand it, but I knew it wasn't something that felt good. As they honed their messages, they took direct attacks on the LGBTQ community, a community I knew and loved. I couldn't really understand the hate spewing forth uh, from supposed people of God. I certainly wondered how people who professed such a close relationship with God could be so hateful of those, if you believed in God, who were created in God's image. As I grew older and eventually ended up in seminary, I met incredible Christians who lived what I believed to be the true intentions of Jesus and the faith he professed, which was a deep love of neighbor, a celebration of the wholeness of humans in all of their challenges, and a special love for those who society has placed on the margins. This was truly an expression of what I thought religion was supposed to be. And I was grateful for this opportunity to form deep relationships with those whose religious expression was a love of all, including my LGBTQ siblings. According to an article on CNN this week, for the first time in its four decade history, America's largest lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender and queer civil rights organization has declared a national state of emergency for members of the LGBTQ plus community. The human rights campaign said Tuesday, LGBTQ plus Americans are living in a state of emergency. The multiplying threats facing millions in our community are not just perceived, they are real, tangible and dangerous. The group's president, Kelly Robinson, said, in many cases, they are resulting in violence against these people, forcing families to uproot their lives and flee their homes in search of safer states and triggering a tidal wave of increased homophobia and transphobia that puts the safety of each and every one of us at risk. There has always been othering in this world. There has always been efforts to dehumanize or make one group mainstream, while other groups are relegated to the margins. Race is a construct that has caused unspeakable harm for centuries. 
Anti-Semitism has been the cause of terrifying acts of hate. And LGBTQ bigotry and phobia has brought pain almost beyond understanding. That's why I find it shocking, abhorrent, and almost unbelievable that in 2023, there are Americans who want to erase the history, stories, and existence of the LGBTQ community. There's a reason I started with the story about Christianity. I believe that most of what we're seeing that is a threat to the LGBTQ community is a warped version of Christianity associated with white Christian nationalism. White Christian nationalism isn't new. It's been around for a long time, since the founding of this republic. This is from the Institution of Social and Policy Studies at Yale University. When people hear the phrase white Christian nationalism in the news, they do not always get the correct meaning. A common misunderstanding would be that it's the same thing as being a patriotic Christian, said Philip Gorski, chair of the Department of Sociology at Yale. Patriotism is an adherence to the ideals of the United States, and nationalism is a loyalty to your tribe and not your country. In a recent book with sociologist Samuel L. Perry of the University of Oklahoma, Gorski traces white Christian nationalism in the United States back to the late 1600s. Adherents believe in the idea that America was founded by Christians who modeled its laws and institutions after Protestant ideals with a mission to spread religion and those ideals in the face of threats from non-whites, non-Christians, and immigrants. And while white Christian nationalism in the country finds its roots hundreds of years ago, the phenomenon bubbles up during periods when white Christians feel threatened by outside forces, amplified by war, heightened immigration, or periods of economic instability. If you think about it that way, the period we are in now is a perfect storm, Gorski said, all three of those catalysts are present. Bart Binikowski, associate professor of sociology and politics at New York University, spoke of how Christian nationalism in the United States is exclusionary and nostalgic. Seeing the nation as going downhill and needing to be recaptured by those people who see themselves as its rightful owners possibly through authoritarian means. And while the phenomenon can take different forms in other countries, he said that the mechanism behind the movements are quite similar. White Christian nationalists take advantage of pre-existing societal cleavages to mobilize supporters channeling their fears into resentments. Does that sound familiar? Opportunistic politicians come along and consolidate fears into an overall crisis, he says. They argue that everything people see as going wrong with this country is in part part of the same problem, which can be blamed on non-Christians. Unitarian Universalism cites as one of its sources, in fact, the fourth of our six sources as Jewish and Christian teachings which call us to respond to God's love by loving our neighbors as ourselves. Loving our neighbors as ourselves. I won't go as far as saying that this is 
directly correlates with not banning books. But in a review of our history and theology, as we gather here today, it would be hard to say that our values point to anything other but radical inclusion, love of all our neighbors, and the deep value of open hearts. As I've been saying lately, we may have challenges living up to our deepest values and ideals, because we do. But without question, one of those ideals is the deep embrace and love of those who have been traditionally marginalized by those who subscribe to the history, philosophy, and theology of white Christian nationalism. What this means is that people who we care for, people in our country, in our congregations, and in our families are in a rising tide of danger from those who have a narrow, frightening, and dangerous view of the past, present, and future of this country. So this is one of those times where our values are called into action. This space, this congregation must be a safe space, a place of spiritual love and grounding, a place from which to regroup and find sustenance for the journey forward? How can we be allies, friends, and supporters? In what way can we reach out with an intentional love? How can those who are already among us feel the warmth of our shared community in these trying times? Our blessing today wasn't just about the act of a pride week. It is a demonstration that the practice of our Unitarian Universalist faith holds the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Every person. And beyond just that, we also believe in a universal love of inclusion that teaches us to embrace our individual and collective wholeness and not let go of each other in troubling times. In this unprecedented time of othering, we are called to lift up and celebrate a love that is stronger than hate through radical expressions of kindness, connections that are deeply rooted in our collective values and sacred rituals of glitter and radical welcome. Today we offered a blessing because all of us, all of us are made of stardust born of the infinite creativity of this universe. We are whole and holy and good and loved. And we rejoice and give thanks to the shining lights in this room and beyond for this world. May that be so. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. To listen to more sermon podcasts, go to uucf.org slash worship hyphen services and scroll down to sermon podcasts.